0: hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to another edition a quarantine edition yet again of the richard listens podcast where we are committed to bringing to you those on the front line who are performing in all levels of healthcare sports entertainment and putting themselves out there to be vulnerable and explain the work they do to help make your lives better today we are going to go into uh, the Board of Psychology, California Board of Psychology. And we're going to have the chair, David Lynn, with us, who's going to be talking about ways in which the organization is studying and learning to give more back to its member base. And we'll get a little bit into how the current COVID crisis is shaping directions and implications for the future. Uh, again, if you have ideas for guests, feedback, questions for our current guests, Please check me out on Instagram at Richard Listens, or go to my Patreon.com/slash Richard Listens page for advanced content and for clips of today's show. Without further ado, I welcome Dr. David Lynn. Hi. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit. You have a, you're a private practitioner. Tell us a little bit about uh, you know your background and your role for the California Board of Psychology.
1: Sure sure so again thanks for having me on it's such a such a pleasure to be able to share what's going on with um, the California Psychological Association Division one which is honestly what we all do right it's about clinical practice and I want to make sure that um, you know any way that we can support our members especially during this really radical time period, we do right so um, but let That's me give right, you too. a little bit
0: and thank yeah. you for giving me that opportunity to give my disclaimer that I am uh, the sports and performance uh, co-chair on uh, Ford for Division One, so um, I do have self-interest in seeing this organization grow, and I just want to reflect, especially in this crisis, that how many healthcare workers, psychologists, therapists, I'm on all the Facebook groups, and how much they're doing and adjusting, so it really becomes important as well as giving back to clients that we really give back to the people doing the work. So uh, thank you for representing that voice today.
1: You're welcome, thank you. Yeah, um, I guess I could start off with a little bit about myself at least. So, um, uh, so yeah, I, I have a private practice and, and I really enjoy um, connecting with my clients and being of service to them um, with whatever needs that they have. You know, at the same time, I'm also playing the role of chair. And then my other work I do is as a consultant to a behavioral health technology startup company. And, um, you know, the way technology is being integrated to behavioral health today, it's, it's really ramping up, and especially now with you know, telemedicine, being advanced as it is, give in this shelter in place order. I mean, there's just so much room for growth. So um, I'm really happy to be that in that front line. Um, yeah, but, uh,
0: that's a good thing. And maybe we'll cover later on, you know, I, I've had colleagues that are uh, behavioral health in-home providers, they go to the schools. And right now, they're not even able to go into the environments, this, this kind of double bind with if you go in, maybe you're risking someone's health safety. So maybe you can speak later about how some uh, uh, providers or, for the future, are going to be adjusting to the to the climate or these types of concerns.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely a a, de- a hot topic. Um, in fact, we just had a a webinar last week about that topic, and I, I we could have had another hour of q a time and there's just so much to discuss so we can definitely cover more of that
0: sounds good excuse me sneezing yeah we're getting we're getting winds now we're getting winds in los angeles so the weather's changing quickly over here
1: (laughs) and all the spring pollen and all that good stuff it's warming up so
0: so so, where yeah, so how, how's stop? everything in the how's everything in the Bay Area still everybody shelter in place how's everyone coping we are
1: all shelter in place still um, but I have to say at least in the Bay Area there's been you know a lot of people are really doing a great job complying with the with the shelter in place order and all the orders from the health officers of each county and and so I think we've uh, been lucky you know, push off any peaks, flatten the curve, whatever term you want to use um and I just I hope we we stay on this
0: trajectory I, it'd be great yes and 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 your wife is a physician, so does that uh heighten your anxiety or does that uh <laughs> or do you have to play it therapist does. when she comes home? <laughs> does your clock it, start when she does. comes home? <laughs> It does heighten the anxiety for
1: sure. In fact, um, you know, I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of really listening to a lot of podcasts and webinars, and, and that topic comes up a lot about the anxiety. And, and one thing that completely resonated for me was knowing that, um, you know, for me to reduce my own anxiety, I just had to really communicate with my wife about how we're going to I- implement proper procedures and protocols entering the home she returns from work so you know we, we, we we've come on a specific plan we'll do our best we'll iterate if needed but it's it's it's, it's what we can do to protect our family um, from any viruses that she might bring home so
0: I know that's a really you know that's a concern for a lot of our frontline workers and, and being in relationship uh, how they protect their spouses and uh, how they, you know, what they do with their clothing and what routine they might have so that they can get to a sense of peace and security within themselves and finally let go of the stress of the day. So that's a lot of the work I've been doing with, with the healthcare providers. And, and uh, we're grateful for those who are really uh, putting themselves out there and who've been fighting the fight to get more protective equipment. And uh, we're thankful. Those are the, the, real, the real heroes coming, coming through all of that and uh, you're one of the heroes behind the scene because uh, you provide therapy to the doctors when they come back in the home. <laughs> so everybody has a role in navigating this. I know they say this is, this is historic. This is not like wartime or or anything that we've ever experienced. Um, have you come across anything in, in your client's experiences, which, which was even close?
1: You know, it is, it's definitely a historic time, I think, for all of us, right? I mean, all of us have, I don't think any of us have really lived through a pandemic, and those who have, they're usually, like, pretty elderly right now, but I would say that uh, for those who are on the front lines and doing just amazing work and and, and putting themselves in harm's way, like, I'm, I'm Extremely grateful for their their servant like leadership Um, Mm -hmm. and and you're right any way that I or colleagues we us as colleagues can support them like I think it's really important because you know normally this is like let me let me put this this way there's been a lot of trauma that's coming out of this COVID 19 but it's not your more trauma that you, know, you have an actual you know physical enemy in front of you, or you have actual bins. This is like a this is like a, a virus that's so microscopic it's so hard to see, and yet the devastation is huge, right? We have the death count now in the United States that's greater than the most recent wars put together, and it has just you know kind of swept across the nation, and so. It's really interesting how this is uh, the, one of the first times we're seeing sort of a a battlefront actually on the United States soil, right, outside of the Civil War. This is the first time we're actually seeing it on our own turf. So very, very, um, very, very much akin to like a battlefield, though.
0: Yes. Yeah, a lot of parallels and yet uh, really having to be open to the uniqueness of the the fact that it's, it's a lot of unknown. Um, so you mentioned, you know, now that you, 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 you kind of plugged the webinar Now this is a CPA division one benefit. Is this something that any member can access is is webinars that are being produced across, uh, the different, uh, division content areas? Right. These
1: webinars uh, are available to all CPA members. Um, and so those, Previous webinars were recorded. I think at least the audio, and then if there were slides, usually slides can be shared as well. But it's you definitely can listen to them, and um, I think they're all archived. Um, But yes, they are available.
0: And just for the general public out there that may not be, you know, psychology's, you know, savvy and not understand right. A lot of even people in the healthcare profession. Why should I belong to? Uh, You know, the national level, American Psychological Association, why should I bring to belong to LA County or San Gabriel? Uh, You know, how is uh, what what do you know, professionals get out of belonging to California Psychological Association and how can it shift uh, the way they experience their professional interactions?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. Um, I think the best way to answer that might be from a recent conversation I had with a, a member. Um, so what's super interesting is she reached out to me mainly because the webinar was completely full. There was no more space for, for new attendees. Um, but she had recently joined because she was wanted to transition from more of an organizational uh, position as a as a psychologist and and move into more of a practice realm and her goal was to leverage her connections and membership at CPA to help her with that transition so she was geared up for conference, which is actually supposed to happen I think it was supposed to happen this week um, but she was completely geared up for it, but because it didn't happen now she's trying to figure out other avenues to go. And I think what she highlights is, you know, CPA is there to help you as a, as a psychologist to um, to to grow, to grow your area of specialty, to grow as a psychologist. We we really want to make sure that as you move through your career in the lifespan, that there's a lot of potential for growth and and you feel fulfilled in the process, as well as advocating for psychologists at the federal, state, county level, um, advocating for reimbursements, right? That's been a huge topic, especially around telehealth reimbursement and the telehealth um, expansion that Medicaid put forward like over the last one month. So all these things, you know, is part and parcel to your membership uh, for, with CPA and whatever division you you, you you join. And it's to help really advance the growth of our field as psychologists in, in the practice, whether you're in private practice or in an organization.
0: And I know you went, you know, as part of your leadership in coming on and in and, and, and following up to the wonderful care and dedication of Dr. Amy Offelt, who, who was uh, serving in the previous uh, term and you were willing to invest in doing a survey of the members, uh, which I know can be a, a, a tedious task. Can you tell us uh, what you learned? Because you were really willing to go to a comprehensive um, effort to figure out what what are members needing and, and what direction and course can an organization take to better represent and meet the needs of its members?
1: Yeah, yeah, a oh, great question then. You know, I have to really give a lot of credit to Dr. Allfeld, who, who was really instrumental to making this uh, survey happen. And the whole crux of the survey is about understanding who our customers are. And our customers really are members. And we as an organization wanted to make sure that we understood what was super valuable to them. So we hired a firm who actually specializes in this because frankly psychologists we're good in some things but we're not great in everything
0: and so that's a know, sign of strength a as a leader life. is acknowledging your limitations everyone
1: and it's exactly. true we often
0: you know we get we're blind oftentimes right to what uh, our organization we see what's strong we we, we may like the in group that we're in we may like going to our annual conference And although I feel horrible for the people that are fighting now to get their money back on spaces they have reserved and all the conferences that are canceled, uh, it really does force you to kind of look at, well, what way could I connect more to different people in my organization and what different methods uh, can be utilized?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so in our organization, right, the the value of being a member needed to be crystal clear for us, especially as we moved into 2020 during this year as in my leadership, I wanted to make sure that we're really efficient and effective at what we're doing. So the data that the membership survey provided really helped clarify that for us as an organization. And just to give a little bit of background on the study, we did two different parts of the study. So one of them was more, one, one of them was more quantitative in nature, so just filling out a survey and kind of getting responses. And The other one was qualitative. So we actually did I think like 20 minute interviews with members who are current members who have lapsed. And I mean that was really insightful to to learn about what was valuable and what wasn't so valuable for members.
0: What surprised you the most in terms of uh the value that people were they were gaining and what uh interesting findings did you have about perhaps directions uh for the future and things that were missing the mark
1: you know what was most opening was to learn uh at least from the quantitative so from the survey itself we just realized that people who ended up letting their membership lapse, the areas that they cited as being um, the biggest reason for them letting it lapse was around the fact that
0: they weren't using the consultation as much, the free consultation. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. InJitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to InJitsu.com slash Listens to get your first class for free. That's injitsucom dot slash Richard Listens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouthguard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. And just to clarify for, for everybody, so I heard about the teleconsultation, but uh, there's a member benefit where you can call in and speak to an expert on uh, is it legal, ethical uh, questions you have as a professional, which from my experience has been possibly the best member benefit that you can access because when you have questions related to the correct decisions in your private practice uh, and, and you don't know who to speak to in confidence and you're not even sure if you would need a lawyer or if you uh, what action you would take, even in a new direction in your practice to protect yourself really primarily to put yourself first for, for people to go into a field of taking care of others. There's many instances where ethics and the law intersect. So having a professional who's available to you uh, is a, a tremendous benefit. That's a free benefit. Uh, so a lot of people, maybe they maintain their their membership just for that benefit alone.
1: And I, I will be first to say, um, I have utilized that benefit and that helped me tremendously when I was facing um, an issue that required consultation. Um, but what, what I did actually was for myself, even over time, as, as I wasn't utilizing as as much, it made me think like, hmm, maybe I don't need it. What I also realized, though, I think this is what vision one realized, was that this is actually happening a lot more what we're not doing is we're not getting how many people are finding the service actually really appreciative. Different ways that we've saved a lot of grief from our members who actually are using it. And which then brings to the forefront um, our own experiences and it helps us to then realize like, this is a really valuable service that I shouldn't just away.
0: Yeah, and that that speaks to, you know, the the human condition as well. Like, it's hard to have gratitude for the pain you don't have or the suffering you don't uh, go through. Uh, And, and, you know, the, the value of having a resource there that protects you or at least guides you. Uh, into protecting you and saves you from spending a lot of money is is in itself uh, a, a tremendous value. But it's hard to experience that if you're not utilizing it. Maybe you're getting more confident or more experienced in your career or maybe you haven't been through that kind of experience yet where you've had a, a subpoena or a client who's pushed a boundary uh, where you're not sure how to handle it or how to deal with uh, fees in an ethical manner when you work for an agency or, or, or transitioning or discharging clients, all the types of things. Uh so the second part you mentioned, there was a second uh thing before we had some technical issues. Uh the second mm-hmm. second result that you found.
1: Yeah, actually before I I move on to the second issue though, the first issue I think it's worthwhile to mention, like Dr. Elizabeth Winkleman is just amazing. Like she she is a psychologist, but she also has a law degree. And she is welcome. She's she's always so welcoming of any questions that anyone might have. So through the website, if you want to or need to, please reach out to her and ask her whatever questions you need. And she's more than happy to answer it. And she's very timely in her response. So don't want to put that plug in there.
0: Yes. Thank you very much. And I can speak from personal experience on multiple occasions on the, you know, in my 12 years of professional uh, licensed practice, uh, the different avenues, which I've had a call about, whether it was, uh, you know, moving into somatic experience training or questions about Medicare, uh, or, or, you know, or work in general in your private practice, if you're supervising and considering taking on uh, psychological assistance. So there's really uh, no topic that's off the table. And if she doesn't have an answer uh, from that consultation, you'll be directed to appropriate resource, maybe even from your local area or to the particular area that you may specialize in uh, division one covers a, a host of areas which you'll be better at filling in than i would david but health psychology uh, geriatric uh, psychology psychopharmacology uh, sports so uh, quite a variety of topics and expertise we do, do yeah quite
1: a variety. You're absolutely right, and so we can tap into
0: any of those
1: experts um, to provide, you know, the necessary consultation. Um, the second part, though, was all about advocacy, right? And I think when you hear advocacy, they think like, oh, you know, things that are happening at the federal, state level regarding psychologists, and that's really true. I mean, that is a lot of what. CPA does is advocating for psychologists because there's a lot that happens in the um, in the government uh, process that affects how psychologists work, how psychologists get paid. Um, one of the best examples, like I mentioned earlier, was the telehealth expansion, right? Prior to this pandemic, telehealth reimbursement was always kind of like the the um, stepchild to a face-to-face visit. So the reimbursement rate was always subpar. But Once COVID-19 happened and we're doing shelter in place and we're doing distant, um, um, you know, virtual visits, suddenly we needed a way to make sure that reimbursement was on par with face-to-face visits. And so the the, uh, Medicaid or the Health and Human Services decided, listen, we're going to, Make sure we reimburse on telehealth visits on par with face-to-face visits, which then opened up the avenue for the proper reimbursement. And and again, this is a really good example of advocacy at a federal and state level because you know CPA then goes and they join with APA and other organizations to really bring it to um, you know either the House or the Senate or even the the governments. Um, Uh, leaders and advocate on our behalf in order to make life for us psychologists easier and more palatable. Um, But there's another piece to advocacy that I think I want to make sure that we understand is that advocacy can come in other smaller ways, um, such as how do we as clinicians advocate for ourselves to insurance companies so we can negotiate for a better rate. Or efficacy could be, you know, how do we um, local organizations that might provide supportive care for some of our patients, like social services? Um, and so, I, I guess really what I want to stress is that there is different ways efficacy can be understood, and it's it's uh, it's actually a topic that. Um, uh, and I have discussed and it's actually one of the. So okay. the next podcast that Division One wants to do is about what does uh, what does advocacy mean to you? And this is something Dr. Amy Alfeld has a real passion for and I would like to leave that uh, podcast discussion with you actually.
0: Yes, look at that. Richard Liston's being nominated. I'm expanding my turf. I've been hosting panels on a variety of topics, but this is but this is something really important. And I've been happy during the COVID crisis to see the variety of resources. There's been you know specific resources to address uh, and, and to provide support for LGBTQ uh, community. Um, you know, there's advocacy for you know lower income. There's there's advocates for diversity inclusiveness, and I know that's happening. Uh, in the professional ranks as well, it's happening at all levels in our country so um yeah you know, uh, and it's happening for seniors, right? The fact that they allowed uh, myself as a provider to provide uh telehealth to to seniors and people that you know are in nursing homes or assisted livings, so we don't risk any further uh spread of of covid nineteen is a sign uh we hope of of some changes that will uh persevere. Going forward, but I'd be happy to facilitate that uh, discussion. And um, it's it's been a you know a great desire of mine. In fact, uh, Dr. Kathleen Tarr from Stanford University, a previous guest on our show, uh, just shared with me that uh, she she's uh, hosts a diversity panel at Stanford University every year. So maybe we can get you on. Uh, when they host that uh, live again. But she shared with us tied to sports psychology that they finally made a separate uh, division in class for Paralympic athletes this year. So that, that was exciting. And, uh, we're, you know, we want to represent these changes and trends. Um, and that's in the world of virtual uh, rowing. So even as sports moves to virtual and technology, uh, the advocacy needs to shift with it. You're right.
1: The advocacy needs to shift with it. And I, I guess there's just there's just so many ways that you can really understand advocacy. Um, it just might take a little bit of a discussion to help tease out what those are and what does it mean for each person.
0: Absolutely, and, I, I, and I'm and i most inspired when I hear about, if I was a student in graduate school right now, and uh, <laughs> first of all, advocacy for students, student loans, anything you can do up there, in Sacramento, please wave a magic wand. That that has to be on the agenda. But but for students to feel like they can come and show up, you have an advocacy day that you do uh, annually there in Sacramento for students to come and be a part of lobbying for something that that is important to you that you want to see. You want to make a change going forward. You want to change the career you're entering in. You know, there doesn't have to be the stereotypical version of a psychologist that comes out with a PhD and sits in an office by themselves, isolated from colleagues and the world in which they work in. So I think the opportunity provided here by CPA to be a part of the change you want to see in the world is a valuable one.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. In fact, one of the things that I uh, I wish I had learned earlier on in my career was Exactly what you said, psychology and being a psychologist is not necessarily just what happens in that single room. Um, and it wasn't until actually I, I completed my California Healthcare Foundation Fellowship that I realized my influence, my ability to and impression is much larger than the room. In fact, it, it was larger than just my local community. It was this That's actually when I began to think about what kind of greater impact can i make um, to the state and the nation and 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 that's why i actually i'm here in the role i am today is because i want to make a difference in the california for us all
0: yes and and you do it you do it as a volunteer and i'm sure <laughs> the hours are the hours are long and uh, a lot of meetings to run, a lot of new skill sets being built and developed. Uh, but uh, I'm thankful in a selfish way because it's, it's brought us closer together and it's brought these discussions forward. Um, you know, you mentioned that some of the results of the survey brought you to changes that were going to be made going forward. Do you, Can you share in closing, you know, maybe just a few of those where you've tipped the iceberg or directions that are intended for 2020, 2021?
1: Yeah, definitely. So So one of the things that we are uh, gonna do is make sure that when information goes out, we actually have um, different means than right now. So right now, the main methodology is through emails, which we all know emails oftentimes get discarded. Maybe not so much these days, given that we're hungry for information. But prior to COVID-19, I think emails was sort of lost in the junk mailbox. So one of the things that um, CPA as a whole has agreed to do is actually develop um, an app. A CPA app will allow um, content and information to be um, basically on your phone in your pocket. So you can get information, you can look up uh, any current uh, happenings with uh, CPA and some vital information will be pushed directly to your phone, uh, so you uh, allow it to. Um, also, we're you know hoping to get some CES through the app as well. Um, so that's one of the huge things that we are moving forward with. Um, another one that we are moving forward with is making sure that we connect at a local level. So we are working we're beginning to work a lot closer with the local chapters and so we've developed a 10-minute um, a pre- a presentation that we'll, we will be connecting with every local chapter on over time uh, of what that are happening in cpo CP, uh, cpa division one but also talking with chapter presidents about how to collaborate on continuing educations webinars And so it becomes a really rich platform for everyone to work together. Um, And then, in terms of networking, we want to make sure that um, our members have the ability to network either locally or statewide. And on top of that, we want to make sure that as psychologists, we are doing what we can to promote self care. Because in this particular crisis, I know a lot of us are working really hard and we're working in different you know, methods that we're not used to. And so we get tired or fatigued pretty easily. So the self-care is really important. So we'll be working with the care committee as well. And then finally, I think looking at um, the different stages as a psychologist, um, how do, what are the needs of each stage uh, through the lifespan? And so we're going to start from the beginning and start with an early career psychologist. And we want to understand what their needs are um, and how to best connect with them and how to best support them. And so we're, we're taking a dive with early career psychologists and we're gonna develop materials and um, continued uh, webinars and, and maybe even roundtable discussions about how to best help um, early career psychologists uh, succeed in years like one through five.
0: Yeah, that's you. You said so many powerful things there. Uh, you know, in summation, the the evolution of any career. You know that that you would need different things at different stages, and we often, uh, you know, as human beings, don't know. What we don't know. So, uh, we do know feeling isolated, disconnected, and not w- knowing where to go for help. So, the fact that there will be early career psychologists and there is an interest group uh, and stages to get established in your practice or resources to go to people to talk to, uh, you know, even some ways to get it. A- Connected to uh, online uh, note keeping and record storage and all the things that are happening now with transitioning your practices Uh, and the fact that just like we're doing uh, panels to deal with athletes when they're approaching or even thinking about retirement or transitions out uh, the steps you need to take financial planning things that nobody (laughs) <laughs> or no one taught me growing up, right? So I kind of like feel like I became a psychologist and needed a six-month business course, which by the way, apparently orthodontists get in Canada. So we could learn from them. But, but we hope to have David back. We hope to provide a series of podcasts. And I think he dropped a little hint there that we, we hope to move towards a discussion on diversity and inclusion and how to shape the future uh, immediate and long-term uh, for the California Psychological Association Division One. David, thank you so much for making this time for me today. Please let our listeners know how to reach you, contact you, or uh, reach the membership page in the interim. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. You wanna you want to let them know uh how can they get a hold of you? What's your email or what the website do you want them to direct them to?
1: Oh sure. Um so the best way to reach me is by email. So you can email to D-L-I-N-P-S-Y-D at gmail.com.
0: D-L-I-N-P-S-Y-D at gmail.com. And for the website uh, for California Psych Association?
1: So for the website, that would be www.cpapsych.org. Www.cpa-psych, so And that's where you can find the CPA website and you can drill down into the various divisions. Um, And also, I think it's worth mentioning right now that given the COVID-19 crisis, all memberships, at least CPA and one, have been cut in half. So if you're not a member, right now is a really good time to jump in.
0: Good to hear. Well, thank you so much for making the time, for being a resource, for the work you're doing up there in the San Francisco, Sacramento Bay area for being a telehealth provider, for being a, uh, a dad, for being, uh, you know, a leader and a volunteer and for all the things you do. And uh, we hope that uh, the Richard Listen show can be a resource to you going forward to our listeners. If you have questions for David, please follow up in the show notes. If you have questions to reach him or follow up to our discussion today, please drop the questions in there. We will get or attempt to get answers from him when he's not Uh, cooking a meal or seeing a patient uh, or leading a zoom meeting. Uh, Thank you all again. Check me out on Instagram, Richard listens or visit my patreoncom slash Richard Listens page and keep your eyes out later this year for Richard listens, crossing the threshold, a book for peak performance. Thank you everybody. I'm Richard listens and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouthguard that is state of the art. These mouthguards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters. But even better, they can be tailored to any sport, football, hockey, boxing, soccer. The list is endless. Head over to ImpactDentalDesigns.com slash RichardListens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt there are still slots available for online classes so head over to injitsu.com listens to get your first class free that's injits Richard listens. take care everyone